Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the FitPro podcast this week. Today, I am joined by Matt Gleed, and we will be discussing functional training. Matt, great to have you with us. You've been with us before. Would you be able to start by telling us a bit more about functional training and what types of exercises and movements and equipment options uh, should PTs be really looking out for at the moment? Yeah, sure. Well, functional training is, is a big buzzword. I mean, everyone's been talking about it for quite a few years now. And it's not really sort of showing any signs of slowing down within the industry, as a lot of places are, are embracing it um, as a way of getting people to train everyday movements as opposed to just working on cardio machines, which might be fit, but might not always be able to give you a full range of movement when you start to try and do things at home with it. Fantastic. And what do you think has really driven the functional trend? You know, what do clients now expect or, or want from a, from a functional workout? I think these days functional training, as we just mentioned, almost comes from being able to do anything at any time. I mean, the, the years ago, I learned that, you know, nine out of 10 people will have some sort of a chronic pain at some point. Quite often people will have that in their back. So, you know, being able to do exercises which is going to reduce chronic pain or do exercises which is going to help prevent, you know, risk of injury. And these are sort of exercises which you get from doing functional training because the body naturally gets stronger in the way that you use it as opposed to just sitting on a machine where you are only going to be working one plane of movement. So it's just getting people to integrate muscles. It's getting people to you know, do twists and turns and lifts and lowers as opposed to kind of what we used to learn in, in manual handling courses when we were, you know, working in corporate companies. You'd walk up something, you'd have to squat down and pick it up and, and turn without necessarily rotating at all because that would be safer for the back. But actually there's always the, the saying, of if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So if you can have the mobility within your body and you can use that, then it, it's a lot more applicable to everyday life, really. Great stuff. And from a technical perspective, what are some of these benefits of functional training? Well, functional training um, quite often falls into foundational movements. And those foundational movements would be things like a, a plank, a, a push, a pull, a squat, a lunge, a hinge and, and a rotation. And, you know, maybe something like a step as well, whether that be up, down, sideways or a change of direction. So they quite often, it, it falls under those foundational movements because pretty much every exercise could be uh, put into a category of kind of one of those seven or eight uh, sort of statements, really. The way that functional training is, is best used is to get muscles used to handling load. Now, whether that be you know, on a sports field where you are starting a, a run or maybe it's deacceleration where you're trying to slow down from a sprint, it might be, you know, lifting up a, a child at home and, and you know, or, or shopping and, and putting it away. It, it's all those twists and turns and little movements which and ultimately allow your body to be in a better way of, of you know, motion and, and movement, really. Great. And, and so thinking about you know, the certain specialist populations that, that who you work with and, and, and you do functional training with, would you be able to tell me some examples of you know, working with pregnant women and perhaps clients recovering from injury and, and how functional training has helped them? A lot of people will go through pregnancies in their life and 
you know, we all know that you can't just expect people to rely on their front of their pregnant, you can't get them rely on their back, there's going to be a level of comfort. So functional exercises where they might be stood up to do exercises are great. In particular, you know, I've, I've written workshops before where we've looked at using the TRS as a form of exercise. I think it's great because you can do a lot of core engagement and a lot of strengthening, but in an upright position because you're going to be using all of your body all at the same time. So that's kind of one example which I've used with clients, um, and it seemed to have worked really well because they felt a lot more comfortable um, going through their pregnancy. They, they're not getting lower back pain because they're keeping their, their engagement and they're keeping their muscles strong, and they're not having to do kind of you know traditional exercises. They can start to change the type of exercises they do at different levels, and you can also change the intensity really easily with functional training as well. For example, you know being able to you know, get somebody to lift something, well, when, as they start to get bigger and heavier themselves, using body weight as a form of resistance is a really great way of, of being able to get them to you know, regress the exercise or, or progress it, depending on that level of, of weight distribution that they want as well. Fantastic. And so for, for personal training assisting who, who might have a, a new client, they might be new to exercise, how would they be able to introduce a client to functional training successfully Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about a, a beginner's workout that you've used and how this workout could be easily progressed into, into a more advanced session. Yeah, well, I, I would always start to encourage a trainer to think about what is the client's goals. And, and that's how every single exercise program should be. It shouldn't be based on what the person trainer thinks that the client should do. It should be listening to the actual client and asking them, what is it you would like to get better at? What is it you would like to make easier in your life? What is it you would like to achieve from our training together? And at that point, you're going to get your goals. And once you've got those goals, every exercise that you prescribe to somebody should have those goals in reference as well. Now, whether that be the case of, well, I just find it hard to you know, get down and, and you know, play with my child on the floor. And I've had clients for years who have turned around and said, I'm, 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 I know I'm overweight. I know I'm not as mobile as I used to be. I now get tired just playing around with the kids on the floor. I want that to make that easy because I'm noticing that that is, is my health is not good and my fitness is, 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 is a big part of that. So if we can get them doing exercises where they're going to be on the floor getting up and getting down and over a period of time, you start to structure how to make that easier, but they also get more used to doing something. And sometimes it's, it's leading people through exercises which they potentially wouldn't be prepared for themselves. You know, motivating them into making the exercises fun, you know, whether it be a, a kettlebell get up or whether that be using a, a stability board to allow people to kind of move around and get on and off the ball onto the floor and things. It, it's any type of piece of equipment which can be used to make uh, the link between what they want to achieve and actually making that kind of a little bit easier as they do it as well. Yeah, that's really, I think that's really important, isn't it? It's, it's putting it back into context, isn't it? It's, you know, how's that really going to impact on their day-to-day life and, and make things better for them? So like any workout, obviously there must be considerations like, like you've just mentioned. Are there any kind of words of advice you'd offer trainers in, in relation to functional training, things they should be aware of from a technical standpoint or something else? I, I would always try to encourage people to kind of pick up the top five exercises. So maybe within a, a workout that they do with a client, if there's, you know, up to five exercises which they think that client should really focus on, you can kind of almost say, well, look, these five exercises, they're going to be integrating lots of muscles. They're going to be an exercise which we're going to you know, work you predominantly on over the next few weeks. But what I might just do is to just try to practice these five exercises at home. Because we all know that training somebody once a week, you're not really going to get that much better at doing something. 
it's going to be a very long and slow process. But if we can give them just a few exercises, now maybe they, they don't have the equipment at home, but maybe they could take an element of that exercise and start to practice at home because the more that they do something, the better they'll be getting at it. Which means that if they then come into a first training session with a trainer, they already are getting better at doing the exercises so the trainer can then start to add progressions or make it a little bit more varied to keep the interest. And also you get more motivation by being able to achieve as well. I'm a big advocate of kind of setting a little bit of homework because you know we all know that if, if, a, if a client, for example, comes to me once a week and they work out for an hour, what they go and eat after that on the way home or what they eat later on that evening or what they eat later on in the week, it might mean that they're completely undoing any calorie burn or weight loss goal setting that we've been doing. We need them to buy into it. So the more they can be practicing at home or doing a few things as homework or, or keeping a log of what it is they are doing, um, we're, we're much more likely to get to achieve their goal in the first place. Yeah, that's really important, Matt. Thanks so much for the information. Yeah, so just finally, is there anything you'd like to add on functional training in terms of maybe the future? You know, what's kind of new things you are you adding into your classes now and maybe in twenty in next year in twenty nineteen? Well, I, I think the you know, functional training is, is, is not gonna go away at all. I mean the, you know, the, the the times of, you know, a, a personal trainer just pressing up and down arrows on a treadmill um, and calling that personal training for an hour uh, are pretty much dead. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody in a gym is gonna be paying for that service. And if they are, you know, that, that client is not going to stay doing that for years and years. So functional training is definitely going to be a way. And the reason why it is so good is because it builds the community and it gives interactions as well, which is really important. You know, if you're buying into a personal trainer who can actually improve your condition to something, you're buying into needing some help and some support, maybe some programming, maybe some exercise selection. And the way that that trainer interacts with you is going to give you the motivation to keep going into that as well. So I think functional training is definitely going to stay. I think we get a lot of influence from social media. Um, sports conditioning is, is really important. And, you know, we've just had the World Cup over in Russia over the summer. You know, we got some great insights into what the England team are doing in between the matches. So you know, social media shows us what these top athletes are doing, and I think that is important because I think it encourages people to want to, you know, especially young people, they want to train like their their you know idols, their their they're fans of these players and they want to be like these players in many ways. So to see those players practicing and working on little things, whether it be mobility or stability or injury prevention, they're things that years ago when I was young still playing football, I didn't ever do any of those things. It was just mm. actually playing a sport. I wanted the ball by my feet all the time. Yeah. Which there is great you know, there's great benefits of that, but you still have to do work around that as well to be a better athlete as well. So I I, I do think you know, the, the kind of the celebrity status that sports players and athletes have these days is great for encouraging people to become you know better better professionals by being a better athlete as well. Yeah, fantastic. And I think you know they are the role models that we should be you know looking at our you know sportsmen and women athletes uh, possibly. Yeah you know, is, is really key. So thanks so much for that, Matt. It was really great to hear your insights on functional training. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time.